Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for streaming today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory is a nonprofit ministry featuring the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress. And right now, your generous gift will have twice the impact thanks to the Proclaim the Gospel Matching Challenge active right now through December 31st. To give a special year-end gift, go to ptv.org podcast and click the Donate button, or follow the link in our show notes. Now, here's today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. This is Robert Jeffress. In response to the horrific attack on Israel, I've written a brand new book called Are We Living in the End Times? Go to ptv.org to order your copy. Had Jesus remained in that grave, it would have meant that Jesus died for his sins and not for our sins. Paul says, if there is no resurrection, your faith is meaningless. It's in vain. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. If you've been in church for a while, you probably understand why Jesus had to die for our sins. But do you understand why he also had to be raised from the dead? Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress explains what's at stake if the resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't really occur. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. It's called, If Christ Has Not Been Raised. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. In just a matter of days, we'll be turning the page on another chapter of our lives. Monday, December 31st is the final day in 2023. And over the last year, I've been preparing a brand new devotional for you. I've written a chapter for every weekday of 2024. And now's the time to request your copy of the 2024 Pathway to Victory Daily Devotional. Unquestionably, this is the most impressive devotional we've ever produced, and you won't find this forest green leather-bound devotional anywhere other than right here at Pathway to Victory. A copy is yours when you give a generous year-end gift toward the matching challenge that's active right now. Let me make sure that you understand exactly what this wonderful opportunity means. Right now, when you give your gift of $100 because of this matching challenge, your generous gift will be automatically matched and therefore doubled in size. Your gift of $200 becomes $400. A $1,000 gift becomes $2,000. You choose the amount, and it will have twice the impact until we reach the amazing goal of $500,000. Because of this matching challenge, we have the opportunity to spend $1 million more next year toward expanding the worldwide impact of Pathway to Victory. Plus, when you give, this entitles you to request the brand new 2024 Pathway to Victory Daily Devotional. Well, yesterday I started a study in 1 Corinthians 15 that we didn't have time to finish, so I'm pleased to pick up this message right now. We're talking about the quintessential miracle performed that altered human history forever. I titled today's study with a conditional statement from Paul, If Christ Has Not Been Raised. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there as we look at the consequences of what it means for us if Christ has not been raised from the dead. And so Paul begins in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15 talking about the case for the resurrection. How do we know Christ was really raised from the dead? He says, first of all, look at the evidence of Scripture beginning in verse 1. 
Paul writes, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, According to the scriptures, here is the summary of the Christian message. Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, all as the scripture foretold. Paul said the resurrection of Jesus is proven by the evidence of scripture, but also, secondly, by the evidence of eyewitnesses. You know, the testimony of eyewitnesses has long been considered one of the most reliable forms of evidence. It's that eyewitness testimony that Paul describes beginning in verse 5. He says, and that he, Jesus, appeared to Peter. Not only did he appear to Peter, but also to the 12. And then after that, verse 6, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of all who remain, that is, they're alive until now, but some have fallen asleep. That is, they have died. Jesus Christ appeared to 500 people at one time. We don't know the circumstances of that appearance, but Paul said that those people to whom he appeared are well known. Some of them are still alive, although some of them had died 20 years after this appearance. Not only that, he appeared to James, and then he appeared to all of the apostles. And not only that, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also, Paul said. Now, he's proved the resurrection by the testimony of Scripture, by the eyewitness testimony, and now he talks about the consequences of no resurrection. Look in verse, in verse 12. He says, now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there's no such thing as the resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has not been raised. And what he's saying is, if there is no such thing as a resurrection, as some of you seem to think, if this life is all there is, then that means Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead. And before you say that, consider the consequences of no resurrection. And beginning here, Paul begins to talk about the consequences of no resurrection from the dead. First of all, if there is no resurrection, first of all, Christ is not risen from the dead. If there is no resurrection, then Christ is not risen from the dead. And that makes, that's very simple. But not only that, secondly, preaching is useless. Look at verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. That is, our preaching, the Bible, is nothing more than an Aesop fable if, in fact, there is no resurrection of the dead. If, no, if some of it can't be trusted, none of it can be trusted. Everything we say in a sermon is in vain. Thirdly, if there is no resurrection and Christ has not been raised from the dead, faith is meaningless. Look again at verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain and your faith is also in vain. That so-called faith you exercise to become a Christian, that was just an emotion. That faith that sustained you in a time of trial in your life, that was just a sham. 
That faith that gave you comfort in the loss of a loved one, that was just your imagination. Paul says, if there is no resurrection, your faith is meaningless. It's in vain. Not only that, if there is no resurrection and Christ has not been raised, all Christians are liars. Look at verse 15. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, who in fact he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. If there is no resurrection and therefore Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then every one of us who has testified of that is nothing but a liar. Now, Paul's thinking especially about the apostles like himself. Everything we've testified about has been a lie. That means the apostles were a part of the greatest hoax that have ever been perpetrated upon mankind. They stole the body of Jesus and then claimed he had been raised from the dead. Is that really possible? Listen, people do not willingly die for a lie. You say, well, people die for a lie all the time. Over in the Mideast, you've got these religious fanatics. They're dying for a lie all the time. That's right, but they think they're dying for the truth. Nobody willingly dies for something that they know is absolutely false, and certainly not these apostles. I mean, they were cowards three days before the resurrection. They had deserted Jesus like rats off a sinking ship. But then suddenly they were transformed by something that gave them the courage to die for their faith. What was that something? They had seen the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All the apostles are liars if there is no resurrection. Do you believe that? Doesn't mean just the apostles. It means everybody since the apostles who has claimed a resurrection is a liar. Martin Luther John Calvin, D.L. Moody, Billy Graham, W.A. Criswell, every pastor you've ever had, every Sunday school teacher, that godly mother, that godly grandparent, liars every one of them. Do you believe that? That is the consequence of no resurrection. All Christians are liars. Next, Paul says, if there is no resurrection, you are still in your sins. Your faith is worthless, verse 17, and you are still in your sins. Why does he say that? Listen to me. The resurrection of Jesus Christ verifies two things. First of all, it verifies the deity of Christ, that Jesus really was the Son of God. Romans 1.4 says that he was declared the Son of God with power how? By the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. The resurrection was the stamp on Jesus Christ that he really was who he claimed to be. The resurrection uh, proves the deity of Christ, but secondly, the resurrection validates the sufficiency of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, the sufficiency of Christ. Listen to Romans chapter four, verses 24 and 25. But for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Here's what Paul says. The signal proof that Jesus Christ's death was a sufficient payment for your sins was the fact that he was raised from the dead. Had Jesus remained in that grave... 
it would have meant that Jesus died for his sins and not for our sins. But the fact that God raised him from the dead was the sign that Jesus' payment on the cross was accepted. That we have been justified, declared not guilty before God. He was delivered over for our transgressions, but he was raised up for our justification. The way we know we're not guilty before God is by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me explain to you how that works. Let's imagine Duran Bug is deeply in debt. You know, it seems like you're always in, in problems here uh, when I'm using an illustration. But let's say Duran owes $10,000 on his visa bill. And he is so upset about it. He is moping around. He is miserable. Why, he is so upset he can barely get up and put on his shoes and socks in the morning. Well, his shoes anyway. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean, he's just so miserable. And so I say, Duran, you know, I want to help you out here. So I'm going to send in a $10,000 check to Visa, and I'm going to take care of your bill. Your bill is paid in full. And he said, oh, thank you, Pastor. That is so relieving. Thank you so much. The next month, Duran gets a bill from Visa with some interest charges demanding payment for his $10,000 bill. So Duran calls the Visa people and he says, oh, there must be some mistake here. My pastor, Dr. Jeffress, sent in a check for $10,000. Did you get that check? So they do a little work. Oh, yes, we got Dr. Jeffress' check. Well, didn't you use it to pay off my bill? Well, no, they say. We used it toward the payment of his $100,000 bill he has with us. We used his money to pay his debt, not your debt. See, the only way you can pay somebody else's debt is if you're debt-free. And in the same way, the only way somebody can pay for your sins is if they're sin-free. And that's the only way Jesus could pay for our sins. The only reason he could pay for our sins is because he was sinless. Had Jesus stayed in that grave, you know what it would have meant? It would have meant he was paying for his own sins. But the fact that God raised him up from the dead was God's way of saying, paid in full to you and to me. His death covered our transgressions. He was raised up for our justification. That's what he is saying here. What's the consequence of no resurrection? Now, follow me on this. We are still in our sins. That means nobody has made a sufficient payment for our sins. And therefore, that means, verse 18, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. That means those Christian loved ones who have gone ahead of us have perished. That word doesn't mean just died. It's a word that means to be eternally tormented. That is to be in hell. You see, if there is no resurrection... It means our sins haven't been paid for, that we face an eternity of separation from God. But it also means every Christian we've known who, goes ahead, who has gone ahead of us in death is also being eternally tormented. That means the same fate that awaits Adolf Hitler, Osama bin Laden, that father a few weeks ago who used an axe to murder his two little boys and then set them on fire, the same punishment that awaits people like that awaits every apostle, 
every preacher, every missionary, every evangelist, your godly parents and grandparents, every Christian you've ever known. Do you believe that? Do you believe that's what's going to happen? That we're all going to be in hell? That we're all going to be suffering eternal torment because no one has been able to pay for our sins? That is the consequence of no resurrection. If there is no resurrection, all of us are still in our sins. Not only us, but every Christian we know who's gone before us in death. It says not only that, in verse 19, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, our lives are miserable. Look at verse 19. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. You know, every now and then I've heard people say, and I bet you've heard this too. Somebody who said, well, if this Christianity thing turns out to be a hoax, I'm still glad I'm a Christian. Because even if there's nothing on the other side of the grave, the Christian way is the best way to live. That's not what Paul said. You know, the only people who can say, well, if this Christianity thing turns out not to be true, I'm still glad I'm a Christian. The only people who can say that are people who've never sacrificed very much to be a Christian. Paul said, if I've gone through shipwreck and imprisonment and torture, ultimately facing beheading, and there's no payoff on the other side of the grave, it's all worthless. If I have sacrificed, given up to follow Christ, and there's nothing to this message, we're of all people to be pitied most. Our life is miserable if there is no resurrection, Paul says. But then in verse 20, he says with great confidence, but now Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first fruits of those who are asleep. If Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, and he has, it means those of us who are in Christ will be raised as well. Jesus Christ was just the first fruits. He was the sample of a great resurrection train that is marching toward heaven. But listen to what Paul and the Lord Jesus are saying. They're both saying there is a heaven and a hell. The same fate does not await everyone. And whether we spend eternity in heaven or hell depends upon what we do with Jesus Christ in this life. The core of the gospel message is this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, for Jesus Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. The Bible says all of us here tonight, all of us listening to this message, we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We owe a God a debt that we could never pay in 10,000 lifetimes because of our sin. Somebody has to pay that sin debt. Somebody has to suffer the consequences for your sin. You can choose to suffer the consequences yourself. You can choose to live out your sentence of eternal separation from God, and you'll spend eternity trying to pay off your sin debt, and you'll never be able to do it. An eternity of hell will still not pay for your sin. You can choose to say to God, God, I want to try to pay for my sin myself and spend eternity separated from God, or you can choose to allow Jesus to pay that debt for you. To say, I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for me. He died to pay my debt. And I'm trusting in what Jesus did for me to save me from my sins. 
The most important decision we ever make in our life is the decision of what we're going to do about Jesus. Are we going to trust him, believe in him, cling to him for our salvation? Have you made that decision yet? Have you trusted in Christ as your Savior? Many of you may know the name Ray Combs. If you don't know his name, you would recognize his face. He has been a very popular game show host. And from the years of 1988 to 1994, he hosted the program, The New Family Feud on television. Did y'all ever watch Family Feud on television? Richard Dawson was the host, and then Ray Combs was the host after him, The New Family Feud. Well, on one episode of Family Feud, Ray Combs was hosting. And he was walking down the line of contestants from one family, talked to the father and the mother, and then he came to another family member, and this family member was wearing a pen with two question marks on it. Now, those of you who have been through Evangelism Explosion know what that pen is. It's a part of the EE program to engage people in conversation. So Ray Combs, the TV host, asked this guy on national television, said, hey, tell me about your pen. What do those question marks stand for? The contestant said, oh, well, they stand for the two most important questions in life. (laughs) Ray Combs said, really? Well, what's the first question? The contestant said, well, the question is, have you come to the place in your life that you know for sure if you were to die, you would go to heaven? And Ray Combs said, well, I'm not going to answer that on national TV. And he turned away and walked down the contestant line. And then he did a U-turn and went back to that same guy. He said, okay, you got me. I've got to know what is the second question. The contestant said, well, the second question is, if God were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Now, this is on national TV. Ray Combs said, I'll tell you what I would say to God. I would say to God, I'm the host of Family Feud and everybody loves me. That's why you should let me into heaven. Well, the audience applauded and wildly laughed and everything, and the game went on. A few years later, Ray Combs was found in his small Hollywood apartment, dead at the age of 40. He had hung himself, didn't even bother to leave a note. Apparently, being the host of Family Feud wasn't enough to provide satisfaction in this life. It certainly wasn't enough to guarantee heaven in the next life. There's only one answer to that question. Why should God let you into heaven? It's because you have trusted in Jesus and Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins. Have you done that? For as many as received him, John said, to them he gave the power to become the children of God even to those who believe on his name. Our hope is anchored to this firm reality that Jesus lived, was crucified, was buried, and rose to life. This is the good news we get to share every day on Pathway to Victory. Gratefully, we're looking back on 2023 as the most successful year in our history. We've touched more lives than ever before through radio, television, and the internet. These achievements have occurred because of our partnership with people like you. Adding to this momentum, we're pleased to be the recipients of an active $500,000 matching challenge. So right now, every dollar you give to Pathway to Victory before the end of the year will be matched and therefore doubled, having twice the impact. 
Your generous gift of $100 becomes $200. A $300 gift becomes $600. A $5,000 gift would be matched until it became $10,000. However the Lord guides you, your generous gift will be doubled up to the goal of $500,000. Plus, when you respond today, I'll say thanks by sending a leather-bound copy of the brand-new 2024 Pathway to Victory Daily Devotional. Spend a few moments every day with me by reading Scripture and listening for God's small, still voice. Don't miss out on requesting your copy of the Pathway to Victory Daily Devotional when you give a generous year-end gift to Pathway to Victory. Look, Satan's mission is to stop the spread of the gospel, to make America forget God. But you and I must fortify our hearts with courage to carry on with our most pressing mission, and that is to pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you give a generous year-end gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, we'll say thanks by sending you the exclusive 2024 Daily Devotional from Pathway to Victory. To request this beautiful resource, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. And when your gift is $100 or more, we'll also send you The Incomparable Christ, a 14-message teaching set on DVD and CD. Plus, we're going to include a brand new music CD called Celebrate the Savior, Volume 2, featuring the phenomenal First Baptist Dallas Choir and Orchestra. In fact, you're listening to one of the songs right now. And have yourself a merry little Christmas Remember, because of our Proclaim the Gospel Matching Challenge, your gift today will be doubled in size and impact by some friends of Pathway to Victory. So be sure to get in touch with us right away. One more time, call 866-999-2965 or visit ptv.org. You could send your donation by mail if you'd like. Write to P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. That's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, wishing you a great weekend. Then join us again next week when we continue our series, The Incomparable Christ, right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. You've made it to the end of today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. We're so glad you're here. Pathway to Victory relies on the generosity of loyal listeners like you to make this podcast possible. And right now, your special year-end gift will be matched and therefore doubled in impact thanks to the Proclaim the Gospel Matching Challenge. Take advantage of this opportunity to double your impact before the deadline on December 31st. To give toward the Matching Challenge, go to ptv.org podcast and click on the Donate button or follow the link in our show notes. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast from Pathway to Victory.